Howdy, partners. A little bit of a song called Blues Run the Game. Good example of something sad being incredibly beautiful, and so paradoxically it's not sad anymore. In fact, it grounds you so that uh, sadness can... I guess, no, I guess you can be happier than otherwise because you're at peace with sadness because you see it in the context of a larger beauty. So I'm going to give you um, some podcast recommendations. Um, and first of all, not what, but how, you know, I like, you know, I guess it's kind of obvious, but sometimes there's a place for like silence and just, you know, letting yourself, let your mind be quiet and just be in your, you know, surroundings and just, you know, kind of uh, sit there among people on the, the tram or whatever, or, you know, walking over a bridge or whatever. And you're just there, you're paying attention, and that's really good. So I try to avoid information overload and being too stimulated with the dopamine of like information and inspiration. But, um, you know, in balance, uh, it's really good to make use of your time when you're like moving between here and there, or you're cleaning, or, you know, you're exercising, um, to be able to kind of get some yeah instructional or inspirational content into your life. Um, so, uh, some podcasts, you know, there's audio books is great for that also, or even like YouTube videos, you know, um, but, uh, yeah, podcasts. So I, uh, listen to, um, I'm going to give you, f uh, seven that I recommend as, you know, just a picking a random, a, a number at random. Okay. So the Joe Rogan experience. So this is probably the first podcast I really fell in love with back in like 2012, early 2012 yeah um and uh basically uh you know joe rogan he's like this comedian but he's also a cage fighting commentator he's an, a martial artist like brazilian um jiu-jitsu black belt and taekwondo black belt <clears throat> and i'm um, kickboxing you know um so and he's very interested in health and he's very um you know uh, uh devoted to kind of pushing the envelope, um, and, uh, developing human potential. He's also very friendly. So he's always, you know, he has all kinds of people on his podcast and he will talk to them and be friendly, even if he disagrees with them. 
Um, but, but the cool thing is he's very friendly, but he's also extremely like uh, direct. And so he would just tell people like, but that doesn't make sense. You know, he'll have conversations where a lot of people would be like, oh, that's too awkward. I'm not going to do that. Probably because, yeah, you know, he knows how to like kill people with his hands. So that probably helps. But also I think because he's friendly, maybe like there's the balance there. Um, so he um, can feel comfortable even being direct, but then always leaving on, you know, with re respect and, you know, returning to a respectful conversation, even the whole respect the whole time, but even like a warmer vibe, you know, soon enough, you know, after you've gotten through into that point, you know. Um, but he has all kinds of people on the podcast. Um, wait, what else does he do? He's, um, he's a commentator, comedian, did a bit of acting. Um, but uh, he um, he was the, the fear factor guy. Um, and, you know, yeah, he does some other things. But um, so he uh, he has like scientists on there, um, journalists, politicians, you know, um, all kinds of people, like comedian, a bunch of comedians, um, martial artists, um, basically all kinds of people. Um, and uh, he'll have people on there who are very controversial and who can't talk in other places. And he's actually basically the biggest podcast in the planet, as far as I'm aware, um, on the planet. And um, for good reason, because he's got a very broad knowledge, but he's also, he's very humble and he's always trying to learn. Um, and uh, so I think a lot of people kind of find that quite inspirational, that he's kind of like a, a health, an example of healthy masculinity. Um, you know, the whole alpha male thing, but, you know, the, the true alpha male is not trying to dominate anyone but is actually trying to help everyone, you know, and doesn't try to look like an alpha male, but just is who they are. They're just very comfortable with themselves and, but they're very masterful in certain domains. And so, um, that allows them to help people, you know? And, um, so yeah, that's, um, you know, I've learned so much from that podcast over the years and, you know, I don't always agree with Joe, like some things I'll be like, ah, oh, come on, man, you must, you know, like I, I, I've watched a pod three podcasts before where you were told the answer to this and you're, you're not mentioning, it, you've completely forgotten apparently, but he just must be absorbing so much information, you know, and we all have our own perspectives. So that's all cool. Um, anyway, so that's really good. Uh, you know, good for health and fitness news, just being aware of things in the world. Like there's so many things where I've never, you never hear about it in the news, but you could find out about it through this podcast. Um, and if you look at very, you know, soulful kind of you know heart-centered people who are also very you know intelligent or very very you know capable and um, renowned in their fields so um a, a huge number of them would would be like oh yeah joe rogan yeah i love joe rogan you know which says something you know this his detractors like oh misinformation but you know uh the people who spread misinformation like to accuse others of spreading misinformation so that's just the way it is you have to read between the lines with these things. Um, anyway, so number two, um, Jordan Peterson podcast. So Jordan Peterson helped me a great deal to grow up. Basically, it's kind of like get your own house in order before you try to change the world, you know, clean your room, you know, <laughs> basically, which is he's like, it's harder than you think, you know, um, he's kind of got this manic edge. It's kind of funny. He'd be like, you know, and that's, that's really hard, man. You know, like, he's very enthusiastic. Um, he's this psychiatrist or psychologist, clinical psychologist. Um, from Canada and he's very, um, you know, he's kind of helped millions of people around the world basically, um, adopt, you could say adopt responsibility as the antidote to suffering 
you know, basically like life's full of suffering. So you need some meaning to set against that, to sustain yourself. And the me that meaning basically in the final analysis comes from um, the adoption, the voluntary adoption of responsibility. Um, and uh, that's kind of the core theme that goes through a lot of these things that is kind of crystallized or um, like some sort of sweet nectar out of, you know, countless conversations. But his podcast is really good. He's also got a YouTube channel. He's been on there for ages. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, there's a lot of interesting things he's got to say, but but um, a bunch of them controversial. But he, you know, and I don't agree with him on everything. Like, for example, the Israel situation, I think he might be a bit off on that. It seems like he's a little bit um, maybe unaware of like, it seems like, I don't know. What do I know about that situation either, you know? But for, just to make the point, there's some things where I'm like, oh, you know, I'm not sure. Um, but, you know, like all these people, you don't need to agree with them on everything. But when you see he's totally honest, that's the thing. He's not trying to, you know, trick you. He's really honest and he's humble and he's very hardworking. He's very intelligent. He's extremely knowledgeable um, and just very interesting. And he has so many interesting people on the podcast. So again, countless like authors and scientists and stuff and politicians. And um, uh, so, you know, I've learned so much from that podcast. And so it's really amazing. Um, and yeah, um, you talked about the whole gender kind of thing. And I think he's got, he has a lot of very, uh, you know, the whole transgender kind of thing. And I think, um, you know, he's gotten caught a lot of flack for what his stance on it, but I think actually, um, even people who think you disagree with him, I really recommend like you listen to him, what he's got to say. Cause I think he's got a very heart centered, you know, um, a, a perspective where he's, you know, he, you might not agree with him, but you, you have to agree. He's not a bad guy. You know, he's really trying, you know, to help people and, um, you can disagree about how to help people, but someone who's trying to help, you got to give them credit, you know? And, um, I think, yeah, he's, uh, stuff about environmentalism. I've learned a lot from him. Um, and like, you know, the kind of, uh, the way the global institutions around that are kind of organized a bit and economics, bunch of things, check it out. Um, and mo most of, most of all, just kind of inspiration for confronting your dark side. Like, you know, he can be a bit dark at times, you know, and he struggled with depression in the past. Um, and, uh, so I think, you know, he can be, he can get through to a lot of people who are like, oh, these motivational speakers, I don't know about this, but like Jordan Peterson, there's something like this kind of like certain vibe to him where I think it can really resonate with people. You can feel like this guy knows what it's like to be in pain and he really cares and he's very direct in a kind of rural Northern Canada kind of style, just like shoot from the hip and it's really refreshing. And yeah. So, all right. Three, um, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. podcast. RFK Jr. podcast. Uh, so he's running for president. I think he should be the next president. You know, um, Biden and Trump, you know, like I mean, controversial as it may sound, I would say Trump would be much better than Biden. Um, Biden doesn't seem to be running much. He seems to be being run by nefarious interests who are like, oh, because he, he's Democrat, people won't see what we're doing. It's like, you know, it's just, you know, oligarchs, um, you know, like Bill Hicks said, you know, who do you want to vote for the puppet on the left or the puppet on the right you know um you know and uh basically it's all controlled to the union party system um and you know trump's maybe a bit better but still i think you know manipulable um and uh yeah i, I don't really know enough about him but i think he's done some, some good things or like you know some things where i'm like yeah okay it seems like you're trying to you're not just part of this machine but nonetheless, things where it seems like a little bit, maybe a lack of self-awareness or whatever. This isn't about Trump. Okay. <laughs> but like, 
um, a lot of people are enthusiastic. Like, Here's the solution. But I think R um, RFK Jr. is really the solution. He's very humble, very knowledgeable. He's got a track record of being able to deal with the, um, uh, you know, suing. He's a, law a lawyer, so he's got a track record of suing Monsanto and all these huge corporations and government departments for justice for, you know, the normal um, person in the street, you know. And um, so, yeah, he's a really loving guy, very intelligent, very knowledgeable, very humble. Um, and I uh, just love his raspy voice, you know. He had some injury to his voice, like, years ago. Um, and, uh, but, like, he's got this kind of, like, oh, you can hear the pain. <laughs> Again, you know, he's just, like, and he was a, you know, addict um, when he, his father was assassinated uh, when he was very young. He's 14 or something. And his uncle, of course, JFK, was assassinated when he was, I think, eight. Um, and so, uh, you know, and basically after, um, his father, uh, um, you know, he lost his father, um, he got addicted to, you know, heroin or some heavy drugs. And then, um, eventually he got off that, um, and, uh, you know, he's been clean ever since, but, uh, that's like, he's got a certain thing of the, the wounded healer kind of thing about him, you know, like he's been there and he understands. Um, and, uh, but just, uh encyclopedic knowledge and memory is incredible you know so you, um he also has many many experts on his podcast you learn a lot about politics economics health healthcare systems um uh history um uh yeah all kinds of stuff and kind of um just uh yeah very eloquent uh grounded person and so I wish him the best, the best and I would uh, encourage everyone I think the USA you know they've such a powerful influence around the world um, and, um, so we want to try to make sure someone who's actually acting in the public interest, planetarily, planetary public interest is actually at the helm there. And I think since the, ironically, um, or providentially, um, since the Kennedy assassination, I don't think the, the president's really had power properly. I think they've, there's always been people in the wings kind of keeping control or I don't know if there's a conversation like, Hey, by the way this thing you've been thinking about, we can't do that. And if they push too far, maybe threats get made. I don't know. I don't know how it works. But um, definitely you look at the policy, you know, the military industrial complex, the war machine just took over and JFK was fighting it um, within his own system, you know. Um, and uh, it, it's, there's a lot of evidence that he was taken out by, you know, the intelligence and military um, uh, bureaucracies. So anyway, um, uh, so now... I think, you know, this is a great chance for, to have a re restoration there. And uh, anyway, but his podcast, it talks about stuff related to, you know, his campaign and stuff, but there's a bunch of other stuff just about health and, um, you know, how to, yeah, just heal society. So that's beautiful. All right. So what have we got? We've got Rogan. We've got um, Jordan Peterson. We've got uh, RFK Jr. Um, part of the Problem with Dave Smith is an amazing podcast. Uh it's basically libertarianism. So he's a, a comedian, Dave Smith, and he's a libertarian um, political commentator. So he's extremely knowledgeable and um, insightful. You can see uh, in libertarian, or you could say basically free market capitalism um, in on, from the, the principles all the way up, from the non-aggression principle of like, yeah, you know, um, everyone has, every individual has the right to life, liberty, and property. And you can't violate that for any reason. That's the non-aggression principle. And the only time, you know, aggression is justified is to defend someone who's violating the principle, you know? And that's the purpose of the state is meant to be, 
They can't do anything that individuals can't do. It's just a, coll a collective um, institution for enforcing um, uh, just the defense of the non-aggression principle. Um, and then you have people who are like, I'm pretty libertarian, but I think there should be some stuff like maybe energy and roads should be provided by the government, but not this huge sprawling bureaucracy that tries to tell us, you know, what flavor of jam to put on your toast, you know. Um, but uh, Dave's pretty full on, you know, pure like um, libertarian, I think, or I don't know if he's anarcho-capitalist, I'm not sure. But anyway, but it's really, really, you know, like a Peter Schiff say, like I learned a lot from him, but he's, you know, <laughs> he's cool. Uh, I learned a lot from him. I'm grateful. But D Dave, I think, is um, a bit more eloquent and kind of um, maybe uh, just like a bit more grounded, maybe. Um, not like I'm you know, not trying to badmouth anyone here, but like I appreciate them. But Dave Smith, yeah, like uh, he's, he's funny and he makes his point incredibly clearly, you know, and he's just got so much knowledge of um, the literature and all this stuff and the basic principles. So from the non-aggression principle all the way up to how does that apply to every issue that comes up, you know, and the novelty generator that is, you know, um, contemporary history, just, you know, in development. Um, and so, yeah, he's uh, great to listen to. And I think, you know, a lot of people who there's a lot of people who they've got you know really good ideas and they really understand things really clearly on so many things they've got a lot of knowledge but there's this one little thing which is um economics um you know a collectivist view of economics like this idea of like the government should be involved in the economy i think it's this blind spot that so many people have and i used to have it too um until peter schiff kind of snapped me out of that where I was oh, that was one of the he was on the Rogan podcast and I was like my god I, this guy's got some really good points and I don't think I have like a counter argument to it and it was it's funny because it's such a refreshing beautiful thing when you're like ah oh, you got me I think I've been asleep on, on something and it's like you know funny to be grateful to be proved wrong you know but um but it's like a, the, the release of a burden you didn't know you, you were carrying you know your, your own ignorance um but basically saying, you know, like, uh, look, you know, the government, uh, you know, you look at Dave Smith and he'll go into it uh, much more eloquently than I can. But say there's a recent podcast he uh, put up of uh, the media attacks Javier Millet. I think that was the title, something like this. I've almost finished it. I'm not through it totally actually yet. But um, but he's talking about how, you know, like another show, which is like, yeah, pretty good show, to be honest. Much better than most, you know, mainstream media shows. Um, uh, and they were... Um, kind of the, one of the hosts was attacking Javier Millet for his, the new president, libertarian president of Argentina for his speech at the WEF, uh, um, you know, in Davos. Um, and uh, where he's saying basically like collectivism's the problem, individualism is the solution. That's what got, got us progress. And we just need to, you know, kind of return to it. And, um, and uh, anyway, um, so, uh, in that in um dave's kind of going through and being like pointing out how this other person's got it all wrong like you're saying you know um attacking him but actually what he's saying is totally right and in that it's a good i would say that's a good entry point where he's explaining the basics the nuts and bolts um b uh, because this other person this other political commentator is saying oh it's all like you know big he was friends with big corporations it's all capitalism's the problem and dave smith's being like no it's the it's the government that's the problem it's not capitalism like what you think capitalism is, that's really crony capitalism, which is government-run capitalism. It's not real free market capitalism at all. It's completely the opposite. Um, so I think that would be very 
mind-opening for a lot of people. Um, and uh, yeah, so that could be a good entry point. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, you know, the nutshell, in a nutshell, I think it's kind of like, you know, the government um, can't produce anything. It, it takes it all from individuals who, who produce things. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to produce things at, at value, uh, you know, valuably, you know, and uh, competitively and um, so that you can offer it at a reasonable price to people. It's difficult, you know, to do anything really. And so capitalism is beautiful because it's just 10 people try, eight of them fail to succeed and they compete. They keep going and they keep each other in check. And then, you know, maybe one of them fails a few years later, but, you know, by then, you know, five other people have got in and one of them is all but one of them fail. And, you know, it's this um, natural system where, um, you know, 10 flowers rise up and some of them don't make it, but, you know, you only need a few and then they, they keep propagating. Um, and so, uh, you know, in, that, in the natural system, you have that. Um, and then, and so we can produce wealth and then government just basically takes it through taxes. And, but yeah, I guess I won't get too deep into the thing here, but <laughs> although it's, it's, you know, I'm tempted because it's so interesting and important. Um, and I think at the core of a lot of our problems, if we could solve that, we would solve almost all of our problems. I think resetting governments to a more minimalist role, like, hey, we, the government takes from one hand, takes X amount of money from with one hand and gives less than X back to somewhere else in the economy with the other. And within that, a bunch is burnt up in the bureaucracy of having lights and heating and wages and desks and, you know, letterheads and whatever. Um, and also corruption and, you know, political like, oh, my cousin, yeah, I'll give him the contract, you know, whatever. Um, and also just even well-intentioned people not knowing what to do. Business people, it's like, you're going to go bankrupt if you're not very careful. And so they have this extra incentive to be really careful. And a lot of them do go bankrupt. And so even if they, they were trying their best, they might not know the right thing to do and they make a wrong mistake and the market punishes them. They go bankrupt. But the one in 10 who know what they were doing, they survive and others copy them and we progress. The government can't do that because it, it can't go bankrupt, like, well, you know, in that sense. So anyway, Dave goes, you know, explores these in great detail and very, you know, beautifully. So, all right, so we got Rogan. Um, we have uh, Jordan. We have... Uh, part of the problem we have rfk so dave smith we have rfk um that's four all right what else we got um aubrey marcus friend of joe rogan um and he's you know talks a lot about psychedelics psychedelic medicine um you know ayahuasca um holistic health um philosophy you know just kind of practical philosophy stoicism how to you know kind of um evolve as a spiritual being and um yeah, he's really amazing and uh, really tender soul, a poet, you know, a warrior. And um, yeah, really uh, um, insightful uh, podcast. You know, he'll get more into the mystical stuff that say someone like Rogan would be like, oh, I don't know about all that, you know. Um, and uh, it's really beautiful to to see like he, he will be like, okay, you know, let's keep our skeptical hat, you know, at the handy. Like we can question some of these things. But you know, my next guest, you know, he says he remembers all his past lives, you know, Matthias de Stefano. And I believe him. I think he does. And I know that sounds crazy and I was very skeptical, but, you know, let's hear what he has to say. And it's good. We don't want to be, you know, falling into blind faith in anything. That's not useful. You need your skepticism and critical thinking, but you also need open-mindedness and um, the ability to, you know, have the humility to say, just because it seems crazy to me now, doesn't mean it'll seem crazy to me 
five years from now, you know, or doesn't mean it's not, basically doesn't mean it's not true, you know, could just be me based on my where I've come from with my experiences, creating my perspective, my framework of what's right and what may, is possible. But anyway, so here's a lot of really amazing stuff on health and all kinds of stuff. So uh, who else do I want to talk about? Um, let's see. Oh, can I remember? Um, the others, uh, okay, I'll check my phone. What else we got? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, oh yeah. Um, Russell Brand. Uh, so stay free podcast. Um, he's got a lot of, you know, he's a comedian, Russell Brand, an actor. Um, and he's got a lot of really, um, very insightful stuff, especially with contemporary stuff. He really stays on the ball with like what's happening with like farmer protests, trucker protests, vaccine, you know, um, hoo-ha and all this stuff about, you know, the corruption of the medical system and um, totalitarianism. And he's a leftist, you know, so I disagree with him on in terms of economics, but um, he's really devoted to like spiritual awakening and kind of um, the people and kind of seeing through, you know, the, the deceptions and duplicity of like, the bureaucracies that claim to be defending us and he's all about you know freedom to the people and um decentralization and um letting us all flourish and wake up you know um so i'd recommend him as well um let's see so what's that one two three four five six and uh is there a seventh uh seventh podcast oh yeah the venerable randall carlson so um, Cosmographia podcast. Um, so this, he's mind-blowing. So this guy, again, encyclopedic knowledge, incredible retention of details, Randall Carlson. So he, um, uh, you know, I found out about him on the Rogan podcast. He came on with Graham Hancock, who's amazing, talks about ancient civilizations and the lost civilization hypothesis. In short, there's very persuasive mountains of evidence that we um, totally forgot about uh, an episode of civilization um, about 10,000 years before what we call history um, uh, begins. Well, maybe not 10, uh, no, well, maybe 9,000 years before that, um, or uh, a bit less. But yeah, so basically um, 12,800 years ago, there's evidence, something totally devastated the earth. There's some, um, which is why where all the megafauna died, you know, the woolly mammoths and all them. Um, and a lot of them are found with, you know, frozen with like f grass in their bellies and and their knees snapped. And it's like, what happened? It seemed like something just suddenly, you know, killed these these um, all these animals seemingly by like a, like a massive impact. And then they froze incredibly quickly before the food could, you know, putrefy or anything. And it's like, what? You know, there's all these and there's evidence of wild, continent wide wildfires you know, nano diamonds in the soil, evidence that, you know, there's basically, it seems like there was a cometary impact um, almost 13,000 years ago. And then also another destruction, maybe about um, 1200 years later. And um, the younger dry ass period. And um, basically it caused a, the, the ice age was, you know, slowly melting and everything is warming up gradually. And then boom, suddenly returned to the depth of the, the ice age in terms of temperature. And um, um, Graham's hypothesis, which I, I believe uh, I, I would be absolutely shocked if there's any way this is not true because there's just so much evidence um, is uh, that we yeah there was a an advanced human civilization that just got obliterated 
by these apocalypses um, and um, uh, the refugees thereof kind of scattered around the world and um, reseeded civilization among hunter-gatherers all over the place. You know, take us in, we don't know how to survive, you know, we're just, you know, <laughs> like city slickers from Atlantis or whatever. Um, and uh, go, you know, people who are living off the land, they would take them in and exchange, we'll teach you all this stuff we know, you know. And they became, you know, the elite class or the, you know, the priests or the, the scholars, etc. Um, and there's a lot of evidence for that all around the world. And uh, so Randall has the geographical um, expertise in this. And so he's, he's an expert in a lot of this stuff, ancient civilizations, all kinds of, you know, stuff about history, really a very aware guy. Um, and sacred geometry talks a lot about that, which is so interesting. And he's a master builder, you know. Um, and uh, so he, um, his um, contribution, say, uh, which I think, you know, eclipses everyone else, is like, he's just got this mastery of ge um, geographical mm -hmm. knowledge. And um, so talking about, you know, exactly what happened in these cataclysms. And um, he's got a DVD, Cosmic um, pa uh, Cosmic Patterns and Cycles of Catastrophe, where I think it's talking about like the, you know, basically astronomy and kind of, you know, the recurring patterns of comets and this and that, and the numbers which kind of relate to um, Earth measurement, um, geodetics, is it? Uh, and... Um, and how this connects into mythology and it's been preserved through culture and even in our measurement systems and all this, all this kind of esoteric knowledge you would never find elsewhere. Um, and um, he, he provides, you know, this kind of very compelling um, analyses of things for, like say he's got a thing called um, two part series on how tube, H O W T U B E, how tube, you know, um, the how, which is kind of devoted to, you know, how to do stuff, you know, um, education platform he is involved in. Um, he's got up there, a six hour, you know, lecture, basically, um, you pay for it like 33 quid or something very worth it, where he's making the case that actually, you know, there's both evidence like that Atlantis was a real thing. We don't know what they call themselves, but it was re real. It was a real thing. Plato, who is extremely venerable and has an incredibly good reputation in every other matter. He's like, you know, the grandfather of, you know, scholarship in so many ways, you know, um, and renowned philosopher and all this stuff. He says, he's the one we get the story from. And he says, you know, um, some, you know, you know, it had been handed down to him through his family from, you know, a few generations earlier from Solon, um, who went to Egypt basically to study at university. That's the, the Greeks would do that. Like people go to America or England these days because they've got the oldest institutions and highest quality. The Greeks would go to Egypt you know, because it was the, the older, the elder civilization. And, um, you know, Solon goes there and the priests say like, oh yeah, you know, we, the reason we were so amazing is we inherited all this. Um, we're not a de development, we're a, a legacy. We uh, we inherited, Egypt you know, was an inheritance from an older destroyed civilization. And um, which was, you know, destroyed in, by fire and flood and sunk beneath the waves. <clears throat> and Solon's like, oh, that's pretty crazy. Uh, how long ago was that? And the priest looks at him and goes, uh, 9,000 years ago. Can you imagine remembering anything from 9,000 years ago? That's nuts. Anyway, but, um, and uh, so Plato, you know, inherits this story and puts it in, you know, a book. And he says, like, three times during it, this is not a, a fictional allegory, which is what people, scholars these days claim. Oh, he was just using it as an, a metaphor. He, like, says it three times. You know, this is literally true. <laughs> um and you could think, okay, well, maybe Plato could get one wrong also. Um, but it just 
as fate would have it, um, so that's, I think, the 600 BC, I think is uh, whatever the dates are, I forget exactly, but we know when Solon was around, and so we can say, uh, yeah, so it was like about 600 BC, and then so 9,000 years before that, 9,600 BC, it just so happens sea levels around the world had an extremely, you know, completely unprecedented, very, very rare does this amount of change ever happen. The sea levels rose by um, 400 feet, like a bit over 100 meters, which is huge. Think about where civilization is. It's on the rivers, it's on the coasts, and it, the, everything would have just been obliterated um, and leaving people would have to retreat into the, high, um, the highlands. And uh, it's funny, what a coincidence. So Plato just managed, he says it's completely true. He's very respectable in all other cases. We respect him greatly. Um, and then his date for when Atlantis was destroyed just so happens to be, oh, when modern science now knows there was these huge sea level rises um, and many other you know, catastrophes. Um, and uh, anyway, so back to Randall, he points this out and says, you know, there's a long, and it was assumed that Atlantis was real. We didn't know, but we assumed it was real until in the 1800s, there was this movement where, where the scholarship turned against it. And they were like, oh, no, it was all myth and doesn't make sense. There's no place for it. But it turns out, um, then the real amazing thing Randall can offer, this is a good example of why you should look, listen to his podcast, is um, he, he shows like step by step you know, with you know, peer-reviewed literature and you can, has it all up on the screen. You can see all these uh, visuals and things. He, sh he makes a very compelling case for how the Azor, now maybe he's wrong about exactly where Atlantis is, but um, he makes a very compelling case um, that uh, the Azores you know, um, archipelago which is in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, which was formerly called the Atlantis Ocean, um, but the the sea, you know, could be sea can be pronounced k or s, right? Dance, or you know, a cistern or whatever, you know, or it could be a k, like a k. Um, and so, a long time ago, apparently, it was pronounced the Atlantis Ocean. But anyway, um, uh, the there's the, the a triple a tri um, junction, the triple junction of tectonic plates. The African, the European, and the American plates, they, they meet in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, and th there are these islands there. And if the sea levels back, if you re reduce them by 100 meters, you st the islands become like, you know, much bigger. And um, there's a lot of evidence also that there's this compression thing where when you take off a bunch of ice on this side of the planet, as happened, it causes a reaction and other the earth bulges in different directions and things move around a bit. It's not like a perfect rubber bowl. It's like a, you know, a bunch of rock, molten rock surrounded by rocks, surrounded by, you know, vegetation and water and it bulges. And he makes a very compelling case again, that the, uh, the earth actually, you know, um, sank in, in, to some degree in that area. And there was this readjustment here, you know, of the, the, the crust. And, um, so sea levels rose and the land kind of sank in. Um, due to ice and other things, you know, spreading out in other areas of the planet. So to balance. Um, and basically that there would have been a, a significantly sized continent there before this happened um, in the Younger Dryas period. And so, yeah, like, and a lot of the things he goes into looking at, shows pictures of the Azores, and there's all these examples of things there where the, the, the topography or the, um, the, the kind of, climate and you know the kind of even things about like you know hot springs and cold springs they were atlantis was said to have these things you know and they're there in the azores so whatever that's one example that's not you know the, the only thing but the, the, there's so many things like that and so i would highly recommend you check out um him and uh all he's got to offer um and so yeah 
there are, those are seven podcasts I'd uh, recommend and uh, rec- yeah, I would encourage you to get into your life. And um, that's it. So any questions? Yeah, I have a question actually. Um, what should I be asking? Good question, Jamie. Good question. Let us all wonder, what should we be asking? All right, so that's it. Have a good week. See you next time. Peace and love.